everyone, and welcome to One Control War Podcast, episode 125. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. I actually have a pretty large list of stuff here, so we'll try to get to all of it. We'll see, though. Um, In terms of of stuff playing, I'm still in that kind of like weird in-between period where I haven't started anything back up, per se. Um, I did finish the Valkyria Chronicles DLC that I've been talking about uh, last couple weeks, so that's all finished up, and uh, ultimately, I think that DLC is fine. The, the only one I would really ever recommend to anybody, I think, is the Selvaria DLC. Uh, not only because it has a pretty solid story, um, but it also has some like really interesting map design that makes you kind of rework how you play that game, because you have these very vulnerable characters that you're playing with, and then one kind of central strong character, which is very different from the rest of the game, where um, all the all the... Missions are really based about around uh, using specific classes to complement each other and make sure you're using the right class to tackle the right types of foes. Uh, in the case of the the Savaria DLC, it, it really there's no real good answer <laughs> to, to to attacking most enemies. Uh, you, you just got to kind of make it work. It feels like this very like rough and tough kind of go by your bootstraps kind of uh, mission with the ultimate goal being whatever these smaller weaker characters do need to be done because it has to be done or because you have to somehow get Salvaria able to to navigate the area which she has like a super powerful weapon and is incredibly powerful as a character so so I finished that up uh the rest of the missions though I think the biggest problem is that the 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 initial Eddie mission's fine there's nothing there's nothing bad about it it's just kind of hard uh then there's like an additional six missions and Ultimately, those missions are really skewed to you using individual classes um, as like kind of the central point of that mission. So you have like a like a mission that's based around snipers and stuff like that. Um, and so you really focus on snipers. I've kind of gone over a lot of this last week, but I think the ultimate realization I made with this DLC is that making maps in Valkyria Chronicles designed around a specific class doesn't necessarily mean you should be making a map that doesn't include other classes. Um, because if you do that, it really breaks down, I think, the game's mechanics to a degree that it's it's not super satisfying. Uh, I think what makes Valkyria Chronicles 4 so successful in its map design when it starts, you know, relying on individual classes to succeed is that the uh the main objective is centered around a class but the map is not centered around a class the map is 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 still with keeping every class in mind where where with this dlc stuff it only really keeps one class in mind and and so it really limits what what you could be doing on that map and how strategic you can be be in uh how you implement your 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 defenses and things like that so so yeah valkyrie chronicles 4 is still a good game uh valkyrie chronicles 1 i think also still a good game they're they're so mechanically similar in a lot of ways that's that's kind of the crazy thing coming from Valkyrie Chronicles 1 was just like how much these games still play the same yet there's structural differences that really change how I feel about them but it might be like a fancy star situation where like oh yeah fancy star universe and fancy star portable are are portable too are like different games but they're also incredibly similar that if anybody on the outside looked at them they'd be like oh those games haven't changed at all you know like the, the pokemon problem the madden problem actually i don't know i think most people about madden would agree that those games don't change a ton between each release um but i think with pokemon you might have a, a bigger pushback from from that fan base kind of thing so 
Call of Duty would be another one I think of similar Pokemon. Uh, and then I also started doing the God Eater 2 character episodes, just the single player content where you interact with characters, finished up a bunch of characters. I don't think I really have anything to say about that other than just that I'm I'm glad those character episodes are there to flesh out those side characters. Uh, I wish they're integrated into the main game, but I mean, they are integrated in the main game, but you can't do them in multiplayer, which kind of makes them an afterthought in some ways. But it's a nice thing to grind on when, when if you're playing with a group, when when everybody's not available. Uh, then I've also been playing some Wii Play Motion. I mainly started playing Wii Play Motion due to uh, some skip-related stuff being in there, so I want to check those out. Um, but I've been enjoying that, and I think I'll do a quick play at some point, but I'm a little concerned about the mini game, like like we play, I think some of the mini games were easy to skip over. Where I think if we play motion, I will probably want to look at every mini game, and I'm not sure if like a 30 minute format will really be good for that. So so I might think about how I want to handle that. I know I don't want to do like a full video, but I might try to find uh, a different outlet for for talking about we play motion. And that's kind of it for what I've been playing. Uh, there are some other things that I've been kind of messing with. Um, if you're not aware, there's actually some fan translations that I've recently been keeping my eye on or or have been looking at. Uh, two of them are older. I think the Captain Rainbow for- translation has been done for a while. And so I played, I think I talked about Captain Rainbow last week, but I played a bit of that last week uh, and, and enjoyed it. If I didn't talk about it then, we'll talk about it sometime in the future. I really like Captain Rainbow and I really want to get back to it. Um, and then I also, the Chibi Robo Clean Sweep has a fan translation that's been around for a long time too. So I got both of those things working on my Wii U. It took a little effort to get those working. Well, specifically the Captain Rainbow working because I had to use a different application to load in, uh, the game. And, and there's some, some specifics like using the wrong USB port would cause the game not to load and stuff. So I had to like move it to a different USB port. It was really silly. Um, but, but I, I, I really am looking forward to checking out at least Captain Rainbow. I don't own a copy of Chibi Robo Clean Sweep, so I don't really want to play that until I've gotten my own physical version of the game. Uh, and then the other thing is that this week, uh, a fan translation for Endless Frontier Exceed. So if you don't know, the full name is Super Robot Tyson Original Generation Saga Endless Frontier Exceed. And, and this is a monolith RPG based on the Super Robot Wars, uh, um, universe I guess you call it. I don't I'm not familiar with Super Robot Wars at all so I don't want to sit there and claim that I have any knowledge of what's going on with this thing but Endless Frontier is a game I really enjoyed I have a review from it I don't know if it's any good of a review <laughs> I'll link it just in case it's a written review though so so you're not getting into any kind of video stuff but yeah I'm, fi- I'm finally glad I'm glad that's finally coming around and finally getting a, a, a translation um, because I really like Endless Frontier, and in some ways you could look at the Project Cross Zone series as kind of succeeding that in some ways, but because of the the, the crossover nature of Project Cross Zone, and then also how the, the battle system changes that were made between at least the original Endless Frontier and Project Cross Zone, the first one, uh, they simplified the battle system in ways that I think ultimately hurt the game. And so if I can get another game that, you know, builds upon the battle system in Endless Frontier, I'm really curious to see how that turns out. I will always say, though, like, I think Monolith Soft's best work is whenever they are making new mechanics. And and so I my, my expectations are kind of in check because... Because ultimately they're building on something they'd done previously, and that's why I think like Xenoblade Chronicles X, from a combat perspective, has some interesting things, but but isn't super interesting compared to like even Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Because even though Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uses kind of the original Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 
combat as like a foundation where it goes with that combat is completely different where x goes in in a very similar space as the original xenoblade so yeah looking forward to that i might make 20 2020 like a monolith soft year i'm already planning on playing xenoblade chronicles x that year so i might try to get like a lot of the ds games out of the way i'll probably go ahead and focus on the english ones first like some bringer uh endless frontier x seed and uh Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Saiyans. Those are those would be the big ones. Um, I will probably put off Xenoblade Saga 1 and 2 on DS as far off as I can, mainly because I think Monolith Soft is big enough now that there might be like an interest in fan translating that. And maybe maybe, you know, Xenoblade Saga is always being big enough that there are people that are interested in fan translating that. But but you know, I'll go through the English stuff first and then we'll get back to the Japanese only things. Uh Namco X Capcom on the PS2 is another one I need to get around to eventually. So so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to see a lot of these these games and I don't know Captain Rainbow and Cheat Clean Sleep. I think I've been around for a while, but it's 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 nice to see a lot of these like coveted Japanese games get their their fan translations finally after years and years of waiting. I feel like Chibi Robo Clean Sleep was pretty soon after it came out though. I think the writing was really on the wall for Chibi Robo Clean Sleep, so there wasn't really a, a like an active like or a, there wasn't really like a any hesitation of like oh this might get localized because I think at the time clean sweep came out like when the 3ds was launching or something so i could be misremembering that uh in terms of news i really didn't find a lot this week i wanted to talk about uh there's just a couple trailers that kind of stood out to me i think i may have talked about this before but there's a one punch man uh i forget the full name actually but there's the one punch man ps4 game uh I I I liked the One Punch Man manga for a while, but I, I kind of fell off of it. It's just it kind of got a little too repetitive for me. Um, I did enjoy the series though. Uh, this fighting game, I'd say mechanic like from the core fighting mechanics, I I don't really see anything special about it. I don't really care about any of the characters of that series that much either, so that's not really drawing me into it. But I do like this weird idea, and I'm not really sure how this is handled as a whole. But you, you, in the trailer, you keep seeing these situations where, like, in the corner of the screen, you see one of the main characters, like, running, and there's, like, a timer. And so you, as, uh, I think, a creative character, like, fighting these, you know, big bad guys from the, the main show, and you're, you're doing damage, but but when the when the hero gets there, they just come in and one, like, you know, one punch man, one punch it, or if they're a different character, they'll do their special skill that kind of instantly, you know, destroys this this character. And I don't really understand mechanically how that works, if it, if it's it's a core concept of the game or if it's just like certain missions i don't know if it's like part of the story only i think that's kind of interesting though like that that your main goal potentially your main goal is to kind of hold out for the better person to come <laughs> and then finish this fight rather than actually defeating the enemy yourself um whether or not that actually is like you know six like implemented well or not is a, is a whole other thing uh, but I might, I might keep an eye on that one, watch some gameplay. I'm not sure when it comes out. I think it comes out fairly soon in Japan, at least not sure about the U S uh, uh, release. Um, the other thing I saw was the trailer for story, uh, like a new story of seasons game. I believe I, this just says Saikai. I did not get the name of this either. I'm doing great research these last two weeks of not having the correct information here, but it's a new story of seasons games on the switch. So, uh, it kind of looks like. So this is the confusing part to me. Is like the main character looks like the Harvest Moon character, um, which I know there's that whole history with Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons, and and those franchises coming like two split franchises now. So, but but I guess what's the confusing part? And it's not. I don't know if it's confusing per se, and maybe this is that remake of the old like 
Friends of Mineral Town game, if I recall correctly. Maybe this is what, what I'm looking at here. I'll, I'll link the URL. <laughs> I don't know Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons very well. But the uh, the kind of the, the, the classic uh, Harvest Moon blue cap backwards kind of character uh, that that was around in those games back then is in this game, which is what makes me think maybe it's a story of C- or a uh, Friends of Mineral Town remake or or one of those games. Um, but it's just interesting to see that character in a non Harvest Moon game again because if you don't know, Harvest Moon used to be Story of Seasons, but then the U.S. publisher for Harvest Moon kind of broke it off into its own thing. So now there's like two different competing franchises at this point. Um. And then there's also the Doraemon Story of Seasons uh, trailer that came out for the U.S. launch or upcoming launch, if it's not already out. Uh, I'm not. Which was curious to me about this this game. Well, let me let me let me step back on that. So it's basically just like a a, a traditional Story of Seasons game, so like Harvest Moon kind of stuff. Um, the reason I'm, bring, I'm kind of bringing these up games up though is that like I don't really like I love the the look and idea of Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons. Um, and I've only ever played a Harvest Moon, a Wonderful Life, and I do have Magical Melody as well, but I never put like the time needed into Magical Melody. Um, but that's a series that I've always really wanted to get more into and play some of the other releases that are a bit more fleshed out. Like a Wonderful Life has a lot of interesting concepts in it, but the general gist I get from the people who who like Harvest Moon is that they're kind of those games are not maybe the best games, but maybe they're in some ways, in some ways they're ambitious. I, it's a, it's this weird feeling of like, they, they feel like they really put a bunch of like interesting concepts into this game, but they really don't really deliver on a lot of it. I may be putting words in people's mouths, but this is what I kind of remember the feeling around a wonderful life was. Um, but that's the only one I ever played. And, uh, and I would really like to see more of that series. I think I might have harvest moon 64. I don't know that for sure. And like I said, I have Magical Melody. But the problem is, is that the commitment on those games is so long. I should go look at like how long the how long to beat is. But I feel like they were, like A Wonderful Life, I feel like that game took me like well over 50 hours to play. And it was an incredibly repetitive experience. I don't get a lot out of like, you know, building a farm and, and you know, crop and stuff and, and animals. I don't really get a lot of satisfaction out of it. That's probably a big reason why I've never really gotten around to playing Stardew Valley is that that's just not something I really like. But when I look at the aesthetics of the game, the characters, uh, you know, the general concepts there, and the overall, like, and something I like about A Wonderful Life is, like, the overall kind of slow living mechanic of that game to the point that, like, you kind of watch the world go by you in that game. And and it's very slow and not really noticeable until you start thinking about the game in the course of years within the end game clock. And when you look at kind of where you started and where you ended, the, the world has actually changed quite a bit. It doesn't seem like it, but but it has changed quite a bit. And and I guess I, I find that like a very fascinating game design, even though I don't know if it's an entertaining thing, but like just just as an experience game to see that that, you know, slow change of time. Um, in a way that, you know, you don't get with Animal Crossing because Animal Crossing goes on forever. Harvest Moon has a strict beginning and end and, and you have the life of the main character. And, and when, when your life as a main character has, has ceased, <laughs> um, uh, you, you just have this clear cutoff point of when it's done and your son kind of goes on and does something else. <laughs> so, or can you, I don't know if you can have any daughters in Harvest Moon. Now that I think about it, or at least in A, a Wonderful Life, it might be boys only. 
Now that I think about it, I think mine came, mine went off to be like a school professor or something like that. It's been a while. It's been a while. So I really would like to play another Harvest Moon game someday, but I just can't imagine the circumstances that would lead me to do that. Uh, I'd really have to have a ton of commitment to it. Uh, the other thing I want to say a bit earlier before I cut myself off, I don't know if Dorymon has like a U.S. presence at all. <laughs> like it's strange that Dorymon's story of the se- story of seasons getting localized. I mean, I- I'm sure there's people who know Dorymon, but like he's he's a you know character mainly focused at kids. I don't know if there's like some kind of nostalgic air about him. Otherwise, that like you know more adults might be into him. I I mainly have taken notice of him because I like the Nintendo 64 game. <laughs> the first one and so I'm like oh yeah Dorymon he's cool <laughs> um, um but but yeah I'm curious if there is like a, a U.S. kids market at all that that knows who he is and and has an affection for him or if this is just simply it's gonna take too much effort to reskin this game so let's just release it as is and at least the story of seasons fans are core you know, I, I imagine people who are playing Harvest Moon Story of Seasons are, like, very dedicated and are just continuing to pick those games up every time one comes out. Uh, that they won't care and will play it either way. <laughs> so, so yeah. I would li- I really like would like to, like, like I said earlier, I really would like to get to a Harvest Moon or Story of Seasons someday. I don't think I'll play the Dorymon Story of Seasons. I, I like that Dorymon Nintendo 64 game, but I don't think I really have a ton of affection for Dorymon as a franchise at this point. I like it, but... But I, I think there's other places I would rather explore rather than a, a Story of Seasons clone with Dorymon shoved into it. Uh, some of the other Nintendo 64 games kind of look interesting, but they, they, they restrict the character movement in a way. I think they're like kind of like top-down adventure games instead. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how much interest I have in that. And that's kind of it for the game stuff. So you know what that means? It's time to talk about... I was going to say anime, but I wouldn't call the Castlevania animated series anime because I'm a stuck-up boy who is like, that's not Japanese-made. Therefore, it's not anime. Western animation. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I finished up the Castlevania animated series, the the season one of it. Um, and I think I think I still kind of stand by what I said about the, the beginning of that series. It just kind of starts slow and I realize they're kind of trying to build this world and stuff. Um, but for the context of being a four episode like season of a show and, 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 you know, maybe, I don't know if at the time when they put this out, they had already announced like a season two or anything like that. But, um, I, f- I just feel like the first three episodes are, are pretty weak. Uh, it's just, it's not a lot going on. It relies really heavily on the Cynthia Knight lore, um, which I maybe some people would be really into that. I, I, I don't really care for that. I kind of wish they established their own story i mean there is definitely things around it that are unique to that game or to that that movie not movie uh series animated series but but it does use cynthia knight as like kind of the template to build off of um i do think the last episode episode four is really solid for for various reasons uh one it is one more the actiony uh kind of kind of episode so even though you know it's it's Maybe not a lot is happening story-wise going on. You get to see these characters in action. You get to see more personality of, uh, or same Saifa, Saifa Bernades, uh, more of Saifa's personality, which, you know, early on, I feel like Saifa's just kind of not really a character. I mean, she shows up and she talks, but there's not really enough time spent on her. Um, and then you finally get to like, you know, get 
some fun banter between like Alucard and Trevor and stuff. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of nice things about that. And I also really like that, uh, in the episode four, like episode three starts with like the city being attacked basically. And you get a little bit of action with that, but episode four really brings it to the forefront. It starts basically, you know, in the middle of that attack sequence thing. Uh, and one thing I did really like is that, uh, there's a part where, where Trevor is very unconvincingly in my opinion, but you know, within the world is able to quickly turn everybody on the, the church and have them kill this priest guy rather than, you know, you know, whatever, but you know, kill him. Uh, but, but then he basically helps them fight back into the demon horde. And so he kind of gives these people instructions and the power to defend themselves. So you get to see, you know, groups of like, not really soldiers, but just kind of people, normal everyday people of just like, hey, these guys have farmer pikes, so they're going to be the ones to kind of like hold up the the guard line in this path. And then you have uh, uh, the priests, these like low level priests who are able to make like holy water and stuff, uh, bring holy water and throw that at the, the monsters. And then also you have these guys who like have normal swords, but once they coat it in salt, they can finally like, you know, cut the demons and things like that. So it's nice to have this little, like just moment of, Hey, Trevor is setting these people up to be able to defend themselves. And, and you get like a, a sequence of action that shows that I really like, I really like not extraordinary people and extraordinary tales. Um, and I, I prefer that to be a central character if possible, but these small little snippets like that, I think really, really are also great too. Of just like, Hey, these are normal everyday people who in some ways, I don't know if they really even want to be there, but they kind of have no choice and, and they have to fight back against this demon horde and, and are, are successful, uh, to some extent. The, the biggest thing that I think was kind of. I don't know if it was really necessary per se. They probably could have done this like an alley, but they had Sypha like call up ice walls, which they, they kind of stayed at and like stabbed these beasts while, while in this tunnel instead of, uh, you know, actually, uh, uh, you know, fighting them out in the open. They probably could have done that just like an alley or something like that, but that's fine. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun little thing. So I think I'll check out season two. I I'm just buying it on Blu-ray right now rather than watching it on Netflix. And, uh, you know, I like Castlevania enough that I feel like I'd want to keep these and have them available. I'm a little worried because there's some stuff recently that I was trying to go back and find on more service-based platforms, and I could not find it. Um, so I, I, I'm a little, you know, maybe I'm just an old man, but I'm like, ah, maybe I should keep this in a way that I can continue to reference it if I want to or continue to, you know, rewatch it. Because I rewatch stuff all the time, and by that means, never. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's it for this week. Thanks for coming. As as much as I talked through, it actually has been too long. It's been only been twenty two minutes. Um, so so the big video the big thing this week is that I have my video coming out this week. It's more of a research piece than a review piece. Uh, I know I've been kind of like hesitant on saying what it is. Um, but but seeing as this is the day before <laughs> the video is going live, I'll go and just tell you now. It's uh it's about trying to figure out what the current status of Skip is. Uh, when I bought Captain Rainbow. I, I, I asked the question of, of what, what is Skip doing today? Because we haven't heard of them since Chibi-Robo Ziplash. And when I looked, tried to look stuff up, uh, it didn't paint a great picture. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, uh, like, dead links and and not not a lot of things getting updated. And this other side company that, that seems to have, you know, also disappeared that was kind of related to Skip's CEO and stuff. So, so that's going up on Tuesday. Um, so please look forward to that. I hope so. I hope you like it. 
Please look forward to it. That's an old developer, Japanese developer thing. These Square Enix used to say that. Please look forward to it. I don't remember. Um, so that's going up. So again, thanks for your patience. I know it's like it's been taking a couple of months for these last last handful of videos. Last few videos have been like two month gaps. Uh, I'm gonna start looking at what 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 I'm gonna be doing next in terms of a big video. I'm not really sure what the answer to that is. Uh, Fancy Star Online episode three is very tempting. Um, um, but I'm not sure. I would like to have at least one more video before the end of the year, ideally two, but you know, I, I'll be out of the, the, the country for two weeks this year. So, so it's questionable, um, how much time I'll get to, to really set that stuff up. If I can't get it done before then, maybe I'll have something towards the end of the year as well. Uh, I'm also trying to think out uh, something to do for Halloween for the stream. I don't really know the answer to that right now. Um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not gonna do anything fancy or anything like that. I'm not gonna get dressed up or, or have anything crazy. Uh, but I was just trying to think of something like themed. Uh, if you have any ideas, let me know. But, uh, I might try to just try to find some game that games that might be more, uh, I don't want to do like just scary games or something like that. Maybe it's more celebratory of, of like a, a Halloween culture kind of thing. I always think of like, like Pumpkin Hill and Sonic Adventure 2 or something like that around that kind of style. I, I like I like that, like just like Halloween aesthetics and kind of goofiness. Uh, but it, it, it need to be something that's going to be fairly short and, you know, I have to figure out what I have access to and stuff. So we're probably not going to play like Costume Quest or something like that. I, I really don't have a ton of interest in doing that. Um, but I might look around and, and see what I can do and see what I can kind of pull up. And worst case scenario, if not, uh, we'll just continue doing what we're doing at that time. Uh, what's very likely to be what we're doing is uh, I'll be streaming. So I finished the Nintendo Labo uh, Piano. I also broke my camera mount during that stream, so I had to buy another one. Um, so that's coming in the mail, but we're going to take a break from Labo for now. So if you want to see me not sure what to do with a piano, there you go. You two-part piano series. We'll, we'll come back to the Labo stuff, I think. I, I, I think I, I do want to do more of that stuff. But uh, just haven't gotten... Uh, like. I would like to go back to a game for now rather than have like a month worth of Labo streams. Um, so we're going to be playing Gun Valkyrie this week, which if you don't know is a uh, smile bit, I believe. Uh, Xbox uh, kind of flight-based shooter. It's it's not really flight-based. It's like a jetpack that has a very short burst to it. Um, so it's a it's a Sega release on the Xbox. So so I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking that game out. I think it's only a handful of hours long. So I think, I think two or three streams will probably be pretty solid on, on, on getting through that. Um, so that's coming up next. And another thing is that the video game bits articles on the website have finally been completely reworked to fit the website in terms of the, uh, the formatting and getting the images correct. So all that stuff is up on the website. I said it on Twitter, but you know, I feel like the video game bits are, are kind of lower quality than I'd like, uh, overall, but it was just kind of the nature of how they're created. They weren't really intended for my main website. They were made for Tumblr. Um, and, and they were a great exercise at the time and I don't want to lose that. So, so I'm archiving them on my website instead. There may be some that I might hide depending on if they kind of got reworked. Like a good example is the Shenmue feeling co the cold of winter article I did. Uh, that started out as not only a video games bit, but also a previous prototype video game bit called my collection. And uh, all three of those posts are really about the same thing, but it's more about me refining it. And I was refining them in different places, so at the time it made sense to to kind of rewrite them and, and make it work for the website. But, you know, having everything hosted on a central website, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have three drafts of that article, essentially, is what it is. So, so yeah, that that's up on the website now, so... Uh, that goes back to like March 2015, I think. So it's definitely the, the video gaming bits and my collection part of the website archive are definitely the densest and and a little mind numbing to work on. 
Um, so I'm glad those are full. Well, I'm glad Video Game Bits is finally out of the way. The My Collection stuff is still there. Those are even less quality posts than than the Video Game Bits stuff. So some of those may also get delisted uh, depending on what they're about. I think ultimately both of those things, I may do like a... a, a cleaning up of those after we get everything uh posted and, and maybe hide some of those so they're not you know flooding the website if you look up like a topic and then you have like a two video game bits about some garbage <laughs> and then uh the lost kingdoms 2 podcast i'll be beginning to editing that that's going to be the next real big project here um so so you can look forward to that coming up next I need to start editing that this weekend, but but we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. <laughs>